0: Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, the second chapter. Listen for God's word this morning. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from twenty to thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Gracious God, I pray that you would take these words I have prepared humbly Use them for your purpose, for your message, for these people gathered here in this place, for this time. By the power of your Holy Spirit, do this. Amen. How many of you have been to a wedding? Oh, good. So you know what happens. Weddings are great great occasions of happiness and joy and celebration, and with a great party afterwards. They've always been that way. In Bible times, newlywed couples didn't go on honeymoons. They threw a week-long party at the groom's place. The groom's family bore the responsibility for hosting all of the wedding guests and making sure that everyone had enough to eat and to drink. And to fail at the proper hospitality in those days wasn't just a, oh, well, it was a major social offense. To run out of wine in the middle of a party like this was unthinkable more than just embarrassment or social faux pas. It meant social ruin. In our story for this morning, we find Jesus and his mom and his newly called disciples attending such a celebration. And it is Jesus' mom who first notices this crisis in progress. She goes up to Jesus and she says, Son, they have no more wine. And Jesus looks at her, and he's like, so? And I can just imagine, like, she's looking at him like, do something. And he says, my hour has not yet come. I mean, what a thing for the Son of God to say. But Mary knows Jesus' power, and so she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Like, she knows he's going to do it anyway, and for unknown reasons, Jesus decides to act I think it is so very interesting what Jesus decides to use for wine jars, right? There were these stone jars that could hold 20 or 30 gallons by the door of the house, right? So in Bible times, in Jewish culture, the Jews tried really hard to keep themselves ceremonially pure. And inevitably, through their day-to-day activities, they got dirty. And they needed to cleanse themselves when they came in, in order that they could eat, right? And so at a wedding that has eh, 250 guests, 300 guests, they needed a lot of water for cleansing, right? And the way that they cleansed themselves was to pour water over their hands to get off the dirt of the day. Can you imagine the water in the jars, right? Probably wasn't so clean, maybe a little murky. So, Jesus tells these servants, go and get some water and fill up these cleansing jars to the brim. And then draw some water out, right? But when they drew out the water, it wasn't water. It was wine, right? Jesus took these ceremonially cleansing jars, these trash cans, if you will, and he changed their purpose. No longer were they ceremonial cleansing jars. No, now they were a vehicle of grace. They were being used to bless the host of the party, to save that family from social ruin. They wouldn't run out of wine after all. Jesus had done this. And in so doing, for the very first time, Jesus reveals a tiny, tiny piece of his true glory as the Son of God. He took this old stone jar, dirty water, and he made this vessel into something new. And when we take Jesus into our lives and allow Jesus to fill us up with new wine. He makes us new, too. So maybe some of you are thinking, "Eh, Jesus changed a little water into wine, and people were already drunk, and they had more wine to drink, that was fine, and it was done in secret, right? Jesus didn't make a big deal about changing 150 gallons of water into wine. He just did it, right? This tiny secret miracle. But it's so much more than this tiny secret miracle. So much, much more. He revealed a piece of who he truly was, is, yet to come. He revealed his true identity as Savior, as Messiah. And this was something new, something the Jewish community had never, never seen before. Sure, there had been prophets, there had been miracles, maybe some pagan god really, you know, temple did change water into wine, but not like this. As believers, as followers of Jesus, we know the end of the story. We know Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah to come, but they didn't. To him, to them, he was just some guy they were following around that they thought might be special. In those first few weeks and months when Jesus was gathering his disciples together, when things were fragile and bumpy and uncertain, his ministry was something totally new, something other radically different these new disciples man they were thrown for a loop they went from fishing with nets in a boat one day and Jesus is like hey come on and they're like okay right and now they're finished fishing for people the very next day I mean what a shift in their purpose sometimes though I struggle against the shift of being made new. Sometimes in some areas of my life, I don't want to be made new, and I hope I'm not alone in this. Those stone jars didn't really have a choice about what their purpose was, about whether or not they wanted to be made new, but we do. And sometimes I ask myself in certain areas of life, do I even want this? Do I want Jesus to fill me with new wine? I've had a really hard week in the area of body image, and I, I'm just struggling with um, things not being as high as they might have been once, Right? I'm struggling with the fact that this is here, right? I've stretch marks. And I have a cesarean section, two scars, and I have just this week felt really crappy. And I have looked in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, God, what is this body that you have me in, right? And God is tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Mandy, I want to make you new. Don't think about yourself like this. What I see is beauty and a woman who has carried two babies and has nursed them, hence the lowerness, right? That's <laughs> what happens. And I want you to see yourself like I see you, And then I ask myself, do I want God to change the way I think? And of course I do, but change is scary and it's uncertain and it's painful because it means I have to let go of what I think and fill my head full of what God thinks. And I don't know about you, but I like being in control. I like things going the way I like them to go. And I like saying, here, God, here's what's going to happen. And God's saying, okay, that sounds great. God doesn't do that at all, right? God, through Jesus, changes us, transforms us, makes us new. I wonder if those new disciples... At that wedding, who saw this water to wine? I wonder if they felt the same way. You see, Jesus had only called them in chapter one, we're only in chapter two. So he was like, Hey, come follow me. Let's go to a wedding. And they were probably like, Who is this guy changing this dirty water into wine and good wine? Not even crappy wine, right? Who is this guy? In this quiet miracle, the disciples' lives are transformed too. They are seeing this flash of heavenly glory for the very first time. They are having faith in this man for the very first time. They are learning what it means to have faith and how Jesus transforming them can be and how freeing it is and how wonderful it is to have faith in this Christ. You see, my friends, faith cannot exist in secret. It just can't. Whenever you invite Jesus into your life, you are changed, and it is obvious to everyone around you. Maybe you're nicer Maybe you're more patient. Whatever it is, people will be able to tell that you are changed because of what Jesus has done to your heart and your soul. He's made it new. We probably will always continue to struggle with the fact that I will always have stretch marks here, but my healthy babies are worth it, right? Right? As a human being, I will struggle against God trying to make me what God wants me to be because I'm stubborn, and I'm human, and it's hard for me to submit to God and what God wants for me. But I know that Jesus and his love and his transformation is so very worth it. I'm sure some of you have noticed we have been worshiping in the gymsuary, right? (laughs) I think it's been lovely, don't you? Over the course of the last year, we here in this place have had a lot of change, a lot of transformation. We have new floors, new doors, new lights, new paint, new pews, new children's area, thank you, new dining hall new narthex, new welcome center, new elders, new deacons, new people joining our ministry teams, new communications director, new graphic designer, new high school discipleship director. Me! I'm new! And in just over three weeks, we will have our new senior pastor, Mark Ramsey, in the building. I wonder... Where will the Spirit of God lead us? What new ministries might we become a part of? Might we engage in? Might we partner with? Aren't you excited for what is coming? I know I am. I can't wait for him to get here and see where God is calling us to stretch out into the future and do something new, you know? The old has gone, my friends. We need to get over the stretch marks. We will never be flat here again (laughs) and claim the new that God has for us. Next week, in seven days, we will worship in our newly transformed sanctuary. Isn't that amazing? And let me tell you, it will be glorious. It's beautiful to the eye, it's beautiful to the ear, it's beautiful to your seat. The pews are comfortable. They are. Give them a chance. (laughs) If you need a pillow, we'll give you one. They're wonderful. And God will be praised in new and glorious ways. And we will continue to be transformed by the power of the living God through Jesus Christ. In our worship of the Savior, of God the Father and the Holy Spirit, we will just continue the transformation until we are made completely new, as God wants, as Jesus wants. And I pray, my prayer for us is that as we shift from old into new, from water to wine, that each one of us will be able to catch a glimmer of the true heavenly glory of Jesus, our Christ, our Savior, and that each of us continues to be willing to allow Jesus to come in and to transform us and to make us new. Amen. (laughs)